Will They Find a Home? Sponsored by Geico. Steve is intrigued by the paranormal. Otherworldly spirits really make a house a home, you know? Janice has different taste. I'd like my house to not be haunted. Compromise is tough, but these two won't have to compromise when they bundle home and car insurance with Geico. It's easy, and they could save even more. In the end, Steve and Janice found a renovated Victorian that's only haunted from 9 to 5. Okay, wife's home. Y'all gotta bounce. Bye, Steve. Bundling without compromise at Geico.com. From the basement of the Bob and Tom Studios, it's that Josh Arnold podcast. My goodness. Hello. Boy, oh boy, if it isn't the second week of March, somewhere around there, almost to the Ides. Boy. And, uh... Oh, what a time, uh, what a time it is, huh? Yes. Oh, boy, this is a, a terrific podcast today, I'll tell you that. Why, Josh? Well, I'm about to tell you. Because of the very special guest we have this week, they had to travel uh, a ways to get here, and uh, for a second there, we weren't sure if they were going to make it. But lo and behold, right before the music started, they walked in, and here they are, and I'm proud to introduce uh, this very special guest, it's you! Oh, look at you. My gosh, you look good. I hope you're feeling good as well. Uh, thank you for joining me today. Uh, real quick, I want to mention our sponsor this week. Now, oftentimes uh, sponsors just reach out to me directly. They um, contact me and they say, hey, we'd love to sponsor the show. Well, this week... Uh, a listener actually introduced this sponsor to uh, to me and, and vice versa. Uh, Jordan, uh, thank you for uh, for hooking us up. This week's uh, sponsor, and it's a perfect sponsor <laughs> for this time of year. Sort of, uh, you know, we're almost out of winter, but still quite chilly in many places. And uh, this week's sponsor, a warmed up car on a cold day. Oh, boy. You know... Uh, I'll be honest, um, if I want a warmed-up car on a cold day, I have to leave whatever, wherever I'm, I am, go outside, start my car, and then go back inside. I don't have a remote start. Um, I think that will happen in my next vehicle. I think I might make it happen. And I know you can get, um, what were they called, aftermarket remotes, but... Uh, that's okay. I, I'm all right. But, boy, he's, uh, I mean, uh, this sponsor, terrific. Warmed-up car on a cold day. Nothing like it. You, uh, well, nobody likes to be too cold, do they? And uh, particularly, you're cold outside, and then you get into a cold car, and you have to drive a little bit, not not uh, being comfortable, not at homeostasis, as it were. And, and And sometimes you don't warm up until you get to your destination. And, well, by then... You, it's too late. You get out of your car into the cold, and you go in, and you know that when you come back out, that car is still going to be cold. Oh, boy. That's why this sponsor this week is so great. A warmed-up car on a cold day. <laughs> Some people have seat warmers, don't they? Oh, and steering wheel warmers. I've never uh, owned a car with any of that. But again, maybe in the future, we'll see. I, uh, You know, I don't know that I... I don't know that I need the warmed-up I mean, nobody needs it, 
But, uh, well, I'm being told by uh, Jason, uh, my, my, my wonderful producer, that once, you've, once you've, you have them, once you've got that warm duck, that that steering wheel heater and the and the the seat heater, you don't want to give them up. You do; they do become something you need, not just something you want. <laughs> well, how about that? All right. You know what? Maybe next time I'll uh, kick in a few extra bucks and get the remote start and the seat warmers and the steering wheel warmer. My goodness! And uh, Jason, does your car have the uh, seat cooling? Oh, and and. Is that just as good as the seat warming? He says yes. Oh, boy. All right. Well, maybe I'll spoil myself next go-round. Maybe I will. But right now, I mean, either way, whether uh, you've got the remote start or you do it the old-fashioned way, a warmed-up car on a cold day, that is a fine, fine thing. I hope you enjoy a warmed-up car on a cold day very soon. Uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> This isn't a big deal, but I wanted to let some of you know, just in case. Um, I'm uh, I I deleted Instagram off my phone. Um, they 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 did something that pissed me off, um, and so I'm out for a little bit. So uh, you don't need to not follow me. I'm gonna be back. I'm sure, but I'm taking a little break. I'm punishing Instagram is what I'm doing. They wronged me, and uh, I'm gonna show them. By not being on there for like a month. <laughs> They'll learn their lesson. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah. So, if you try to reach out to me on Instagram in the next uh, few weeks, you won't hear from me. But I'll eventually be back. Don't unfollow me. I like the fact that I have an, uh, an even amount of uh, followers right now. It's two numbers and then the K. And uh, I, I, I'm not bragging. I'm just saying I like the symmetry of it. So, don't... Uh, don't start unfollowing me to where I have to have uh, two numbers and then a point number and then K. All right, I like this. I like the three-digit thing. <laughs> but yeah, I can't wait until they see that I've deleted it from my phone. And uh, well, I didn't even really do that. I deleted it from my home screen. The app is still available somewhere on my phone. <laughs> uh, but they'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll teach them. They know now. They know now. I, they're already regretting having angered me. In fact, I was looking. Uh, are they a public company? I was looking at their stock. Uh, I don't know if they're public or not. And they, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's already tanking today. So, uh, boy, I guess now the time's to buy. If you, well, who am I to give you any advice on that? All right. Uh, enough of that. Uh, just a quick heads up. That's all I'm giving you for that. Um, hey, it's more time for you to look at uh, your the, your favorite influencers who uh, often pose in um, bikinis and such. Uh, often uh, way more risque and uh, uh, quote-unquote objectionable photos than the one I posted that uh, got me uh, in trouble. <laughs> but now they're in trouble is what I'm saying. Oh, and by the way, if you're the one who tattled on me, if you're the one that uh, had to, uh, we're, we're so offended and put off by what I put up and that you had to report me, congratulations, all right? I hope uh, uh-huh. I hope you're proud of yourself. <laughs> uh, you know, there was a time where if you saw something you didn't like, you just wouldn't look at it anymore. You would go, you, you uh, that's what I do. That's what I do with my time. You know what? The more I talk about it, it honestly... <laughs> 
I, I'm going to be totally honest. I'm really not affected at all. <laughs> like I'm not nearly that upset about this as uh, I may be coming across. I'll be back, and you'll be there waiting, and I appreciate you. Guys, t- let's head on uh, up to up on this uh, this train here because we've got a trip to take to Vocabulary Station. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Talk about a warmed-up car, man. It's cold outside. We get into this nice, warm, cozy... Uh, train car here oh maybe have a drink maybe a, a bag of pretzels or something and watch the uh the scenery go by oh, oh here we are vocabulary station this is a fun word it's um uh you know I, I, i've done this a couple times and maybe uh in in the new construction that's still happening out there with uh, the whole train uh stations and all this stuff there's a lot lot going on and that will uh, be uh, made a public uh, very very soon. Um, maybe there will be a new category uh, for these tor- types of words, and by that, what I'm talking about are foreign words, essentially, because today's word is French. But uh, it's a good one. It's it's uh, this is fun. Today's word Billy Do. Oh, some of you have heard this, I'm sure, or read it. Billy Do. Now it's spelled billet b i l l e t hyphen or dash. D O U X. So it's it looks like billet duex, but it's not. It's Billy Do, and it means a love letter. Isn't that nice? Oh, you write uh, you you write the, the 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 person in your life that you adore the most. You write them a nice Billy Do, and uh, you, maybe you pass it to them, or or you uh, leave it on their desk, wherever. Uh, maybe on the bed. You let's say you go to work before they and uh, they. You go to work and before them, and they uh, they wake up and the, well, if there isn't a nice, a lovely handwritten Billy Do on the pillow next to them, uh, they're certain to enjoy it. Use this word this week at some point, Billy Do. Oh, what? Like, uh, you can do it at work. Somebody puts a memo on somebody's. Oh, you're leaving me a Billy Do. They won't know what you're talking about, and if they do, they might accuse you of some sort of sexual harassment. I know Instagram would. <laughs> Billy do. And the plural, if you were wondering, is Billy do's. <laughs> like many, but here's the weird thing about the plural of that. The S goes at the end of Billy. So it's B-I-L-L-E-T-S hyphen do. But it's pronounced Billy do's as though the S were, uh, you know what? Actually, the plural might be D-O-U-S. I, uh, I'm going to look that up real quick. No, no, it's not. That's why I, I I knew there was a reason I found this fascinating. You would think that it would be Billy's do, but it isn't. It's still pronounced Billy, even though the S is added to that word, do. I'm a nerd, I know. But hey, it's fascinating to me. Billy do. A love letter. Now you, of course, can say love letter, but if you really want to get nice and fancy with it, Billy do. I enjoy it. You know what else? You know what else I enjoyed? I'm going to tell you right now what I enjoyed this week. Oh, look at this man. Oh, boy, he's a sharp-looking fella, isn't he? And what's he got in his hand there? Oh, my gosh, if that isn't a sealed envelope. Oh, he's at the he's at the, uh, the mailbox there, the public mail uh, box, and he's kissing the envelope. Oh, my. Now, she's not going to know that he kissed it. Or he, whoever he's sending this letter to. 
none of my business, really. But you can tell there's love there. And that must be a Billy Do he's sending. Sending to somebody. A Billy Do. And if you write a hate letter to somebody, it's called a Billy Don't. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you. Thank you kindly. That's why you listen. Yes. Oh, you're too kind. Far too kind. Thank you. A Billy Don't. Now that is the... That's, that's what... I mean, when you recommend this podcast to people, when you subscribe to this podcast, when you leave glowing reviews, it's because of things like Billy Don't. <laughs> anyway, I enjoyed a new TV show this week. It started last week, and uh, uh, Ace, who watches uh, Ace Cosby from the Bob and Tom Show, who watches every, I mean, he at least gives every new show a shot. And sometimes he goes, not for me, and he doesn't watch anymore. Sometimes he goes, not for me, I'm still going to watch every episode. <laughs> and uh, uh, he just he loves television, and good for him. He's, uh, he's a well-entertained man. Well, he uh, said, uh, he and I were talking about this show, and I said, I haven't watched it yet. I DVR'd it. And he said, oh, it's a good one. He, he raved about this one. And uh, I finally watched it over the weekend. And it is cool. It's a cool show. It's called uh, Debris. Uh, it's not about um, a uh, an uneducated man enjoying cheese. Hey, did you try Debris? Now that is no good. That's no good, is it? I got away with Billy Don't. But that Debris joke is unacceptable, and you deserve better. You'll notice that the peanut gallery didn't even clap. And, they, and I, had they, I would have kicked them out. We have no we have no time or room for debris. <laughs> but the television show Debris um is uh, uh, terrific fun. Here's the premise. Debris is falling from the sky. <laughs> and uh it's it's falling from outer space and uh we learned pretty quickly uh very quickly what it is. But the key. I'm not going to tell you because I want you to watch it. But the uh, the real interesting stuff happened. What is this debris doing to uh, to people and to the world? And what what does it mean? And how can we control it? And what if this debris that may or may not have special properties to it gets in the wrong hands? Well, this show promises to explore all those questions. And the first episode was a lot of fun. One of the main guys behind it, J.H. Wyman, was behind, uh, he was a writer and a, I, I believe a producer on one of my favorite shows of the last, uh, uh, I don't know, 10, 20 years or whatever. Fringe, a cool sort of X-Files type show. I really, really enjoyed that one, and I'm glad that he's a part of this one. And it shows. If you like shows like X-Files and Fringe and um, uh, Millennium and stuff like that, I think Debris you might get a kick out of. And another guy who's involved with it. Uh, he directed the pilot episode that I found to be so much fun and 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 very cool. A guy named Brad Anderson, who's directed some of my favorite genre films. He directed a, a movie called Session Nine that scares. It still, when I watch it, scares the living hell out of me. And uh, boy, it's good. It's a good uh, psychological, maybe supernatural thriller that. Uh, that is, it's just it's just a terrific small little movie. It takes place in an old uh, hospital, and oh man, it it gives me the creeps. There was there there are one or two scenes in there where I get legitimate chills. So I hope uh, you check that movie out. Session nine, it's one of my favorites. 
Uh, but but watch the show. Debris, uh, Jonathan Tucker, isn't it? Uh, talking about genre stuff, uh, genre fans may be aware of him from the remake of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which I, you know what, I'm a defender of. Of course I love the original, and of course the original is superior. But that remake is brutally effective. I mean, it's, I, I think. I think it holds. I think it's good. I think it works. Uh, if you don't, hey, that's totally fine. I get it. But I, I think it's pretty strong. <laughs> uh, but anyway, Debris, it's on uh, NBC Monday night. So I recorded uh, this week's episode. I haven't watched it yet. I'm hoping it's as fun as the, the first. Pretty, pretty good stuff and pr- fairly emotional. Yeah, check it out. Debris. I certainly enjoyed it. We, uh, boy, th- I got a good email this week. Well, I get many great emails every week, but I I uh, thought I would address what John wrote in about. He says, on one of your la- uh, latest podcasts, you mentioned something about paying off your appendicitis bill. He says, as a healthcare professional, please accept my apologies that our healthcare system is Stupid, such that you have to make payments on something that was removed. Oh, that's kind of funny. I mean, I know uh, healthcare or whatever is, it can be a hot button issue, but uh, he's got a point there. Hey, we're taking this from you. Uh, pay us for it. <laughs> I mean, obviously, that's not the case. It's, uh, hey, we're going to remove this thing before it kills you. Uh, so pay us for that. <laughs> anyway, uh, he says, My question for you is Did you really have an append- appendectomy? Uh, and do you have an interesting story about what, how the pain, uh, when it started and all of that? Um, John, thank you for asking. I did really have an ap- appendectomy. It happened uh, uh, going on five years ago. And there is, uh, well, there's a, a bit of a story to be told with it. I uh, had just moved to uh, from St. Louis to Indianapolis where... Um, well, for the Bob and Tom show, I had been hired full time a couple months prior, uh, August 2016. Um, I had been guest hosting, uh, you know, earlier that spring and through the summer, and then uh, finally officially hired on uh, the beginning of August, and uh, had just moved here. Um, and at the end of September, so I had been an employee for. Uh, Oh, I don't know, less than two months. Um, and I, uh, of the show, <laughs> and uh, one uh, near the end of September, one Friday night, I got a, a pain in my right side. And it felt like gas pains. I went, oh, man, I must have eaten something, and something's kind of building up here because it was, it was pressure and kind of that dull ache. Um, and... Uh, yeah, it was. It started to bother me, and I went, "Okay, well, this will eventually take care of itself." Um, meaning, this pressure will eventually be released. <laughs> and uh, so I went to bed, and throughout the night, I, I kind of woke up, going, "Man, this isn't getting any better." And um, I started taking. Uh, I think I took Pepto or or Imodium or something, something to kind of ease uh, the the uh, distress on the old bowels, and when I woke up the next day, the medicine had done nothing. I'm like, what the heck? I w- this pain is still here. It's it's uncomfortable uh, now when I press on that area, and, uh, huh. 
And then I went, you know what? I bet I have a kidney infection because one time I had a very similar pain uh, just a couple years before this, uh, and I drank um, cran- just pure cranberry juice because I'd heard that helps with kid- bladder infections or kidney infections or whatever, any urinary tract infection. And so uh, I learned very quickly to... Uh, Pure 100% cranberry juice meant to be diluted. That is a tough swallow. Uh, (laughs) Boy, is that an unpleasant uh, beverage unless you mix it with something. Uh, The second, I I think I had had like a full glass of it and just slammed and went, oh, man, that was rough. But I'll tell you what, the next morning it was gone. Whatever that pain was, was gone. So I don't know for sure if it was... An infection of some kind. Um, Or if it was my appendix. I don't think this is how the appendix works. (laughs) But I'm going to go ahead and just submit this anyway. Uh, If it was my appendix going, hey, there's going to be trouble down the road. I'm just going to give you a small taste of it right now. (laughs) I don't really think that's what happens. I think it was kind of a kidney-related infection or whatever. Uh, But, um, and then when I had another kidney infection symptom, um, by the way, I'm not a filthy person. I don't know how I was getting these, but, uh, <laughs> um, I mixed the cranberry juice with Sprite. That's a delightful beverage. I'm, I mean, I would have that, uh, on a summer's day for no reason. Anyway. Uh, so, so that Saturday I went, well, I better get some cranberry juice. And so I did. And I, I drank some down and, uh, boy, if it wasn't doing anything, well, I ended up going uh, to meet Chick uh, for a movie. We went to uh, to see uh, a great movie, Hell or High Water. It's it was it's one of my favorites. Just a terrific movie. And the whole time, and I told him, I go, man, I'm having some kind of side issue here. I don't know. I don't think it's a big deal, but something's uh, not right. And uh, and um, I was kind of shifting in my seat. I, I just couldn't get comfortable. Because of the pain in my side. Well, then the pain started to sort of radiate to the center of my belly. So it was bad on the side, and I could, if I pressed on it, it uh, was was tender. And I could also, it also felt like it was, there was something um, stiff in there or something. You know what I mean? Like it felt like uh, it was swollen, and, and it started to radiate to the center of my stomach. And, of course, I did what everybody tends to do now. I Googled it, and I got everything from, you know, hey, you could probably ignore this, to get yourself to the finest hospital in the world immediately because you're going to pass away. (laughs) You know how it is when you look these things up. You get all kinds of extremes. Well, I went, you know what? After the movie, I uh, chicken my parted ways, and I went home, and I I was like, man, I I don't know. Eventually, this has got to give. Eventually, uh, this has got to get better. And I went ahead and I, I, I went, you know what, if I wake up in the morning and it's still there, maybe I'll go to the, the hospital. So I had this this pain in my side for at least 24 hours, went to bed, and no good. I mean, I tossed and turned all night. The pain was getting worse. Finally, early that Sunday morning, I went, well, dang it, I guess I'll go in. Now, the reason I was hesitant to go in was because I had just moved, uh, I had just started a job, and I was pretty broke. 
Um, yes, I was getting paid, but I didn't have a ton of money at all. I mean, I, I didn't really have anything saved up or anything like that. And my insurance uh, didn't kick in until 60 days after my employment. And this was like day 51 or something like that. Day 50. And I, and I just, I grew up without insurance and only have had it sporadically throughout my life. And I kind of learned, hey, if you don't have the money to go go to the doctor, you wait to see if this is going to get better on its own. And so <laughs> you don't go for every little thing. In fact, uh, when when we were growing up, my family, my parents couldn't afford insurance for the kids. So only my dad was insured through the government. I don't know if it was a veteran thing or what, but he, he, he was insured. Nobody else was. So when we were hurt... It, you were, uh, honestly, my dad would put us through a series of tests to see if we were faking or not, because if we went to the ER, <laughs> we, uh, and, and nothing serious was wrong. Well, that was just money that they didn't have, uh, spent. And so I remember <laughs> I broke my collarbone, uh, one time and I was saying, I think my collarbone is broken. It's really painful. <laughs> I broke it by jumping into uh, our, our the family minivan. We had a minivan. It was an old Dodge Caravan, and one of the armrests on the uh, the middle, uh, the center seats there, uh, were was missing. And so all that was that was there was this big metal rod where the armrest would have jammed onto or whatever. And <laughs> well, I thought I was being I was being funny on Easter Sunday, and I leapt into the minivan and just slammed my collarbone against that metal rod and it broke. Well, I, I was complaining about it all day, uh, but it was kind of a, yeah, you better shake it off type thing because we're not going to the hospital. <laughs> so uh, finally, later on that day, my arm, and this is, I'm not exaggerating, my left arm was hanging significantly lower than my right just when I was standing normally. So it was like, uh, it wasn't, it's not that it was unattached, <laughs> but it was certainly affected to where it was visibly hanging lower than my, and they went, well, something is not right here. Uh, let's, and I remember playing Frisbee with my uncle Mike and he, he, and I was only throwing and catching with my right arm because the left arm was useless. And he eventually went, you need to get that looked at. <laughs> Because it was just sort of grotesquely hanging. And so uh, my my parents did eventually take me to the ER and I got uh, like a brace. And indeed, it was uh, it was broken. Well, the second time I broke my uh, clavicle, which was the same exact one, the left collarbone, the um, I went down the stairs in a sleeping bag and I snapped my, my collarbone again. <laughs> what a moron. Uh, I was a teenager or whatever and uh, being stupid. And well, that. They uh, they did not want to. Um, uh, my dad was like, "Well, you're not going to the hospital," <laughs> and so I I slept the whole night with a or tried to sleep with a broken collarbone. <laughs> and then the next day, I went, "Dad, it's broken again. Please take me to the hospital so we can get that brace and they can do whatever." <laughs> and I <laughs> and he goes, "Well, I don't know. Climb uh, before we take you. I want to see you climb this bunk bed." <laughs> And I go, Dad, I can't. My collarbone is broken. 
And he goes, just try. Just try to climb the bunk bed and we'll see. <laughs> now, some of you might be going, geez, this is brutal. <laughs> A father putting his kid through so much pain because he doesn't want to pay the money to go to the ER. <laughs> uh, I don't blame him because we had gotten caught faking things before. I remember, uh, I'm, I'm backtracking even a little bit more here. It was track day in gym at my elementary school. We were going to have to run a mile, and I didn't want to do it. And I saw on an episode of Different Strokes uh, that, uh, boy, I don't remember the redhead's kid kid's name on Different Strokes. But he, it was either he or Arnold, Gary Coleman. I don't remember. One of them was faking uh, that they were... Uh, Oh, no, maybe they weren't faking. I, I don't remember exactly. Either they were faking having appendicitis or one of them really did have appendicitis. And I remember going, I'm going to fake those symptoms so I don't have to go to school and run a mile. <laughs> so I uh, was sitting at the table. I go, my side really hurts. It's weird. And all. This. And so my parents were like, oh, my gosh. Okay, well, before we take you to the hospital, tell, me, tell us more about your symptoms. And I was really sung. Finally, they went, okay, we're going to take you to the hospital, but... If you're faking, and I gave in, I went, I'm faking, I'm faking. Here's what's really going on. I don't want to go to school because in gym today we're running the mile and I get made fun of and all. And uh, finally, they were able to sort of address the true issue there. <laughs> but anyway, I had been caught crying wolf before. So my dad was not going to let any of that happen again. So he said, hey, you may have a broken collarbone, but I want to know for sure. Climb this bunk bed. And when I tried to climb it, I was in so much pain and I couldn't fully do it. that he went, all right, we'll go to the hospital. And then when we got to the hospital and the doctor uh, told them that I indeed had fractured my left clavicle again, <laughs> he felt a little bad. He felt really bad the time I broke my wrist. And uh, he would not, they would not take me to the hospital. This was, in, I was in high school and I was messing around with a buddy of mine and he pushed me and I fell and I just fell wrong. Like all my weight landed on my one, my right wrist and uh, it was broken and, and he wait, he made me wait a full day. So I, I tried to sleep that night and I couldn't, that was really painful. And uh, the uh, next morning I go, dad, this thing, this hurts way too bad. And it was totally swollen and crazy looking. And we went to the hospital and the doctor, I remember the doctor going, boy, you have a, a real broken wrist here. And he said, when did it happen? I said, yesterday. And he said, you went all night with this broken wrist? <laughs> and I looked at my dad. And my dad, I could tell he felt bad. So, uh, but, you know, what are you going to do? We, we didn't have insurance. He didn't want to spend the money. It's okay. Everything's fine. Anyway, uh, I, so anyway, I kind of grew up going, I don't need to rush to the hospital quite yet. And so... I waited like a good 30 hours or, or 32, whatever, uh, from Friday night to that Sunday morning. I, I find that Sunday morning went, okay, if this is a thing, I need to go get it looked at. So I went to the hospital. They took some x-rays. And uh, you know what? I went to an urgent care first. And they um, they did some things, and, and they they said, yeah, something's probably not right. You need to go to the actual emergency room. So then I went to the actual hospital and uh, got some uh, a CT scan. And um, they came back and they said, your appendix is so close to bursting. We have to do surgery right now. And uh, I went, okay. And so 
I, I, I felt relief because if they had gone, hey, you got a little gas in there, I would have been so mad and so bummed out that I didn't just wait it out. But it, it, there is something there is something for me when, when I'm at the doctor or anywhere and I go, eh, something doesn't feel right, and they go, yeah, no, it doesn't because here's, here's why. I'm always like, oh, thank goodness I didn't just come here for no reason. I'm always kind of relieved when, well, I guess anybody is. When something's bothering you, you don't know what it is, and then you're told. So anyway, this was a Sunday. Now it was like Sunday afternoon. And I called Tom or whoever. I said, hey, I'm uh, having appendicitis. I'm about to go get into surgery. I won't be in tomorrow. <laughs> They're okay. And I called my uh, my dad and told him and and my mom. And, and everybody was, uh, all right, well, have a good surgery. So, uh, yeah, they take me in and I get the, the surgery done. It's It's pretty amazing how uh, simple it was. I had never had a, a major surgery like that, and I'd never been put under. And uh, I remember thinking, I'm going to beat the anesthetic. When they put this on me, or, uh, um, is the anesthetic what knocks you out? Or is that just what makes you numb? I've, uh, anyway, I think it... So uh, when they... Yeah, they put the... the and the mask on me. I go. I'm going to fight this. I'm going to fight this. I know they're. Going to, I know they're going to go count backwards from ten or whatever. And uh, I'm going to. I'm going to go real long. And I'm going to fight this as hard as I can. And uh, <laughs> I mean it, it. That stuff's amazing. I think I took one breath and was out. And the next thing I know, I was waking up. And uh, they said, "All right, we got it out." And the doctor, the surgeon, said that was the most swollen appendix I've ever seen. That hadn't burst. And uh, I had waited a little too long. I mean, I didn't wait too long in, in that it burst. I mean, if it had burst, then you have major. That's a way, way messier surgery and problem there. So thankfully, they were able to go in, pluck this thing out of me, and it didn't burst. <laughs> so there are a couple of things. The surgery is is pretty fascinating. All they did, they made a very tiny incision at my belly button. And then they made a very tiny incision on my side, and they don't have to, like, cut you open, per se. They just make these small slits, and then they fill your abdomen with air, and it blows you up. So they uh, they, they, they essentially, instead of, like, cutting you open and, and opening you up, they just blow you up. And then they can get these tools in there and, and uh, cameras and stuff, and they... <laughs> I mean, I would have loved to have seen my belly blown up like a because I guess it gets more blown up than like you've than normal. You know what I mean? So it was totally blown up, and they get in there and they and the healing process was uh, really quite simple. I mean, I had bandages on both incisions, and um, they kind of they I, they didn't stitch me; they glued me back together, and. Um, uh, it stung. Like when I came out of it, it was, I was like, okay, I, yeah, I definitely feel those incisions, but it started, the pain medication started to feel better. And I remember when they woke me up, I, uh, I apparently, and this, this makes me nervous. <laughs> um, they were kind of like, are you okay? Are you all right? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm groggy. And I'm, I'm, and I hadn't had an appetite for like three days. And I was like, I'm really hungry. And they're like, okay, good. That's a good sign. Um, everything went fine. They go, we had some trouble waking you up. And I was like, what do you mean? And they said, you did not want to wake up. And you 
you let us know. And I went, oh, my God. So I have no idea what I said or did when they were trying to to wake me up. Like, I must have – I got the impression that I was not kind, that I <laughs> – uh, that I I may have flailed and uh, said some things that I, oh boy, I don't want to know. But they said, look, that happens. It's not a big deal. And I go, I feel terrible for whatever it is. And they didn't tell me specifics, but they went, yeah, no, you, you were not uh, happy. <laughs> so I'm, I, you know, I spend the night in the hospital, and the next day I'm eventually released, and. Uh, the pain wasn't bad after that. The pain of the sur- like of recuperating was way better than the pain of the actual appendicitis. So I ended up having an appendectomy 10 days before my insurance kicked in. And uh, slowly but surely, the bills started rolling in. And I didn't realize that when you get, when you have surgery or you have some major uh, medical thing happen uh, at a hospital, you don't get one bill. It doesn't say appendectomy, $20,000. You get, I, I mean, I must have gotten no less than 8 to 12 separate bills. So you're billed for the uh, bed and you're billed for the uh, anas- anesthesiologist. You're billed for the anesthesia. You're billed for the surgeon. You're billed for the ER visit. I mean, it's crazy how many different entities end up billing you for one procedure. I I, I would I wish it was streamlined in some way. I know that might be impossible, but I just do wish that they went, hey, here's what you owe. So not being insured, this was this was something that was also fairly amazing to me. I had known a little bit about this from my work with a pharmacy benefit management company. Um I talked about that job before where I got, I essentially quit because I sent out this uh, David Hasselhoff email. <laughs> um, man, oh boy. I mean, I, I don't know what Instagram would have done if I had posted that. That's right. Back to that. Anyway, I, um, I, I realized that when you go, when, that, let's say you go to a doctor's visit and they go, okay, that's going to be $300. And you go, I'm uninsured. It's out of pocket. Oftentimes, in my experience at least, every time, they would go, oh, in that case, it's 80 bucks. Uh, okay, that's telling me right away, something's wrong here. If you if you think I have insurance and you charge me 300 but you find out I don't, and the actual cost for me is just 80 bucks, you are you are clearly ripping off the insurance companies who are then ripping us off by upping their premiums. This is, look, this is my theory on this whole thing. I don't know if I'm totally correct on it, but that's certainly the impression I get, and it, it it's fairly infuriating. So this is what was would happen. I would get bills, and I would go, I'm uninsured, and the, the price of those bills would drop immediately. And even more confounding, even though it worked to my benefit, was you can haggle with these people. It's crazy. I would get a bill for, uh, all in all, it ended up being close to $25,000 out of pocket. So what would happen is I would get a bill for something separate. So it would be like uh, the anesthesiologist, uh, $4,000. And uh, they would go, you can pay this off monthly. 
and I uh, this happened with a few of the bills, um, where I went, what if I gave you fifteen hundred dollars right now? They would go deal, deal. If you can pay it, if you can pay that amount right now, th- that's what it'll cost. That's insane to me. <laughs> insane. So I called my dad and I said, uh, here's the deal. If I pay some of these bills off right now and not do the monthly payments, I will end up paying in the end so much less. And he said, oh, yeah, yeah, that's kind of how it works. And this is un- this is insane. And uh, but I'm going to take advantage of it. And so with a little help from him and um, he he would maybe be embarrassed uh, uh, by his uh, he may not want this out there, but I'm, 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 I'm going to tell you with a little help from Tom, who knew that my uh, insurance kicked in 10 days after all this happened. And he felt he felt for me. I was able to uh, take some of these bills and pay like 30% of them and be done with them. And it was, it was so crazy. I mean, it's just so weird to go, Oh my gosh, there's a bill here for $3,000. And then I call them and go, "Eh, I'll give you a thousand. They go, okay, that's fine. And then I pay a thousand and that bill went away. (laughs) Now. So that's the thing. Had I insurance, that bill would have been $15,000. And they would have charged the insurance company that. And out of pocket, it was three. But I was able to work with them and go, I'll just give it to you all now. I'll give you $1,500 now. And, and it, so it, it's the way that's, that system is seems so crazy. And quite honestly, and, and again, please know, these are my experiences. And I'm not making a, a, a stance here. I know healthcare can be a, a very political issue. And it can be a hot button issue for many These are just my experiences and my take on this. My take now is, why do I have insurance? Why would I bother paying a monthly fee to an insurance company who's overcharging me because they get overcharged and that I might not even use? That eventually, why wouldn't I just take, let's say say it costs $200 for me to have insurance every month through my work. Why wouldn't I just take $200 a month and put it in an account where it'll earn interest, and then when I do eventually have a medical emergency, use that. Well, there are reasons. Because over time, I might not stay, I'm probably not going to save up the amount of money that it's going to cost to have a major procedure. I essentially still have insurance for catastrophe reasons. You know, if I'm in a terrible accident, and it's something that's going to cost $100,000. But at the same time, Here's what I ended up doing. The bills that I couldn't pay outright or haggle down all eventually went to I got consolidated and I pay a monthly payment on them. There are no late fees and there's no interest. So there there are if I don't pay one month, zero penalties, zero consequences. <laughs> so if I didn't have insurance, I would just be paying that monthly anyway. I would eliminate all the middlemen and I would just be paying it myself. So it's just a baffling system. I I don't know how to fix it. I don't. For me personally, I would rather not have insurance. I would rather pay as I go. 
And if that means I rack up a $50,000 medical bill that I have to pay. And by the way, I was also able to negotiate my monthly payment. What can you, uh, uh, your payment's going to be this. Well, I can pay this a month. Okay. (laughs) Now, granted, this happened five years ago and I am still uh, paying off my, not so much my appendectomy bill. I had a colonoscopy where the, um, <laughs> now I'm going to get a little, now I'm going to, remi- okay, this is where I do get annoyed. And uh, look, it's, I, I had a colonoscopy when I did have insurance, but the price of the colonoscopy was like th- 3500 bucks, And my insurance didn't cover any of it because I hadn't met my deductible yet. So I was paying, I'm paying monthly insurance. I get this procedure. The insurance doesn't cover it because I haven't paid enough. I hadn't gotten enough done. So my tip is, if you've got a, if you've got insurance like that, in one year, get everything done. Just get it all done. Make things up. If the appendectomy, if that, if the colonoscopy, if I'd gotten the colonoscopy the same year as my appendectomy, the colonoscopy would have been totally paid for by my insurance. <laughs> Oh, no, that's not even true. I'm sorry, because I didn't have insurance yet for the end. You know what I'm saying. If I had been insured and got both those procedures, one of them would have been free. <laughs> so next time, next time, I, if something happens to me in, uh, in January or February or March, I'm going to make sure that the rest of that year I'm getting every procedure known to man because it will be covered. Whereas the, the following year, I'd have to start all over to try to hit that deductible number. I don't want you to think I'm looking a gift towards in the mouth here. My employer is, uh, it's a very, very generous thing that they are, uh, they give us insurance plans. And uh, I, I am appreciative. But in my opinion, with my experience, something's not right. If we can, if I can, me, one dude can manipulate the system in a way that, by the way, should be manipulated because it's, I mean, it's, they made it pretty easy for me to manipulate it. To give me a bill, and I go, how about I pay you this? Like I'm buying a uh, a jersey at some kiosk in Chinatown. Well, this is fifty bucks. I'll give you thirty. Okay, <laughs> that's that is. I don't know. It's a bizarre, bizarre thing. So, yes, I am still paying off that appendectomy. I'll tell you this though: I would have paid it off two years ago if I weren't paying insurance every month. <laughs> my the name of my insurance company should be what have you done for me lately that's uh, <laughs> uh again all of this my experience my uh, theories my ideas uh if i'm wrong or if you've had a different experience uh good good that's totally fine with me i know healthcare is a weird thing to talk about I, I I I don't know what the answer is. I would never claim to know what the answer is, and uh, you know what? I'd probably never vote for somebody who said they had the answer because I think <laughs> I think it's a crazy. The whole system's so weird. I'll tell you what, though, they took care of me, man. Oh man, that next day I oh I felt so much better getting that. Uh, and you know what the kicker is? The append the appendix totally useless. Maybe it helped us at one point. In our uh, species, no longer. The, the, the appendix should be removed the day you're born. Your tonsils and your appendix, gone. Because they they do nothing <laughs> for your body except get you sick when they go wrong. 
<laughs> ah, I hope I didn't anger anybody with my uh, experience or with my my views here. Uh, certainly not my intent. Just sharing with you uh, what I went through. And uh, but hey, uh, I mean this. I'm blessed to have a job where I'm able to pay this thing off. All right. And uh, I'm pretty close, pretty close to paying off the appendectomy and the colonoscopy. And uh, as life has shown us time and time again, uh, the day I make my last payment is the day I shatter my leg. (laughs) And the circle of life continues. (laughs) But no reason to dwell on that stuff. No reason. It's okay. It's okay. Things are going to happen. Thankfully, it wasn't anything more serious. There are there are folks out there that uh, what I just went through, they what I just talked about, they would have loved to have dealt with all of that because what they they are dealing through or have dealt with uh, so much more complicated, so much more difficult, so much more expensive. God bless you all. Um, uh, and uh, I hope you're surrounded by people who. Uh, uh, like I, I was lucky enough to have some some people help me out, and save me a, a little bit of money, and uh, uh, I, I was able to repay them, and uh, now keep paying this off. So, please don't take uh, my whining as uh, complaining, if that if that makes any sense at all. <laughs> I just thought it might be an interesting thing to discuss. Um, anyway. Um, it took me a while to, uh, to work on not being upset about stuff I can't control. Just, uh, go ahead. Just, 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 uh, you know, rolling with it. And, uh, it, I, I feel good. I feel good physically and mentally. So, uh, what else should we work on? I'll tell you, here's something we should work on this week. You know, I'm going to tie in our vocabulary word for the day, Billy Do, which means a love letter. Uh, I'm going to tie it into what I would like us to work on this week. Now, some of you are going to dismiss this as being pretty cheesy. Admittedly, it is. It's a little cheesy. But I have done this recently, and I tell you what, there's something to it, okay? If If you do it, if you give it a shot, if you're open to it, there's something to this. I, I I suggest this week, at some point, you write a Billy Do, a love letter, to yourself. Now, it does not have to be long. It doesn't have to be lengthy. It doesn't have to be sappy. But write a little note. Jot down something on a Post-it or uh, write it on a little piece of paper and fold it so that when you find it the next day or whatever, you, you, you have something to sort of open up and look at. Write yourself a little note of uh, congratulations, of encouragement, a reminder of your talents, of your skill, of uh, how important you are, and how much uh, how how much good you're doing. Uh, for instance, you could write down, uh, "I am so proud of you," and go. You can address it to yourself like that for being a wonderful father, or you are the greatest mom ever, that kind of thing. Just write yourself, just jot yourself a little Billy do uh, and pat yourself on the back. Quite often we um, are so worried 
about others, which is nice to be complimenting others and making sure everybody else is feeling that we just we kind of forget to uh, remind ourselves, hey, man, I did a really good job on that project or boy, oh, boy, I, I that was a that was a challenging issue at work. And I uh, I worked through it and succeeded. And man, oh, man, I did a good job there. It's totally fine. And I think necessary for you to congratulate yourself. So maybe a fun way would be this. If you're at work today before you leave, write yourself a Billy Do and leave it on your desk. And there's a good chance you're going to forget about it. Or leave it in like a notebook that you use often or something like that. Or in a drawer. And then when you come in, you're going to find that and it's going to be, it's it's going to be really nice. It's going to be a, a really nice reminder and uh, uh, something. And if you're feeling, uh, if you want extra credit, write a Billy Do for yourself and for somebody else. Now, I'm not suggesting that uh, the coworker that you've had a, 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 a silent crush on for a while you all of a sudden go, you know I love you. <laughs> you don't need to do that. But if you're uh, in a relationship or you're proud of uh, one of your kids for something they've done recently or certain, whatever, go ahead and leave them a little ni- a nice little note too. But by, by all means, leave yourself a, a, a nice billy-doo, <laughs> a nice note uh, of encouragement, of love, and um, congratulations. And... I want to congratulate you for sitting through my tirade. Um, uh, well, uh, this whole thing's been a tirade, hasn't it? Instagram and uh, insurance and healthcare. Ah, my man, yeah. But I want to congratulate you for uh, uh, sitting through it and for joining me again next week. <laughs>